Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and in today's episode, we're continuing my favorite topic. We are talking about bras for the second time. Just like the last episode, if you're in a place where or in the company of people for whom this is not an acceptable conversation, find yourself a pair of headphones or listen later. You have been warned. Last time, we covered the importance of good bras and proper fittings, as well as the parts of a bra. We also talked about sizing and a few signs that your bra does not fit you well. Today, we'll be talking about the different kinds of bras, building a good bra wardrobe, taking care of your bras, and I'll be touching a little bit on specialty bras like nursing and mastectomy bras. Finally, I'll be answering the bra questions posted in the Everyday Style Lounge that didn't get answered elsewhere in either episode. Before we get started, though, your homework from the last full episode was to go get a bra fitting. And spoiler alert, that's the homework again today. You've got a whole month to do this one, and you're going to wish you had done it a lot sooner, so don't put it off. Once you've done it, go post in the Everyday Style Lounge and tell us how it went. I loved hearing from one listener who said that even though she doesn't have good options for fitting where she lives, she was able to get a whole lot closer on her own because she knew what to look for, signs that her bra wasn't fitting well or that she needed to change sizes. Also, at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a little extra credit assignment, so hang on for that one. Okay, let's kick things off as we always do with lessons from Linda. Do you remember how last episode I said today would not be a bra story? Well, I lied. But in my defense, this is really more to do with today's philosophy lesson, which is why I'm sharing it. But in all fairness, it is a bra story. Today's Linda is a woman who was a part of a group where I spoke every single year. It was one of my absolute favorite groups, and I got to know some of the same faces who were longtime members as I spoke there for, I think, four or five years. No matter what topic I speak on, I always do a Q&A at the end, and the questions become more practical in nature. No matter the topic of my discussion, it always leads back to bras. Somehow, I can always get the conversation back to bras. And so, in the Q&A, someone will always ask where to go for bra fittings. The first year I spoke at this group, a woman raised her hand and she said, where do I go for a bra fitting? I gave her a few options, the same ones that I posted on the show notes from last, last episode. And then the second year I spoke, a woman raised her hand and she asked, where do I go for a good bra fitting? And I had this moment of deja vu because it was the same woman. The third year I spoke, the same Linda raised her hand and said, where do I go for a good bra fitting? And in my head, I was like, how about the same places I've been telling you about for years? But of course, I just gave her my options again. And again, they're on the website or those show notes from last episode. The fourth year I spoke, she raised her hand and I thought, you have got to be kidding me. But no. Instead, she said, I want to thank you because I finally got a good bra fitting and it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. I was so thrilled to hear that. And also my blood pressure went down because I thought, how am I going to answer where to get a good bra fitting for like the fourth year in a row? After my talk was over, I made my way over to her and I asked, 
after three years, what finally made you do it? And she said that one day she just got sick of feeling bad about herself and she decided to do something about it. It was time for an upgrade. She told me that she'd heard me preach the message of good bras for so long and how you should start there. So when she made the decision to put herself first, she knew exactly where to go and what to do. So there are two lessons I want you to take away from this, Linda. One I'm going to share with you right now, and the other I'm going to save for the philosophy segment. First, Linda was absolutely right. When you're in that place where you just need to put yourself back together, maybe it's after kids, maybe you've just put yourself on the back burner for so long or fallen into a frump slump, doesn't matter how you got there, but when you're there and you're ready to feel like you again, start with the bra. Don't stroll through Target and buy a few cute tops. Don't go blow your entire budget with a Nordstrom personal shopper. Just start with the bra. It is the foundation of your entire wardrobe. Everything you buy after that will look different and better over a better bra. You might even feel differently about your body. You never know. Start the process of rebuilding yourself and your wardrobe on a good foundation, literally. We're going to come back to Linden philosophy, but for now, let's move on to the word of the week. Today's vocabulary word is fit model, and it has nothing to do with bras. It also has nothing to do with the women you see in magazines or on runways. In fact, it's probably a term that you'll never see at all, but it's really important to know. Fit models are real women used by designers as kind of human mannequins. Designers use fit models to check the fit and the drape of their garments and see how their designs look on real people. Fit models give feedback on the cut. Is the fabric itchy? Is there too big of a gap in the waistband? All that good stuff. Fit models come in five basic size ranges for women, which are junior, missy, contemporary, plus size, and petite. These are not the super skinny waifs that you see on the runway. They have more realistic bodies, but they're really chosen because their bodies are well-proportioned and symmetrical. All designers have their own standards for a fit model's measurements. There is no standard across the industry, and it's based on their own size chart and the customer they're designing for. For example, a size 8 in L.L. Bean pants would have the measurements of a 28 and a half inch waist and 38 and a half inch hips. A size 8 in Carl Lagerfeld pants has a 29 and a half inch waist and 29 and a half inch hips. Now, I know you want to get all worked up about why sizes aren't consistent, and we can talk about that another day. What I want to focus on is the shape that these designers are going for. L.L. Bean fit models are curvy. The real women they're testing their patterns on are really curvy. The waist is 10 inches smaller than the hips. Carl Lagerfeld, may he rest in peace, fit models are completely straight from waist through hip. This is why you have more luck in some stores than others. It all starts with the vision of the designer and their ideal client with their ideal proportion, and then they use fit models that meet that ideal proportion. She can be a size 12, but at L.L. Bean, she's a curvy size 12. In Karl Lagerfeld, she's a very straight size 12. This doesn't mean that you or your body is wrong, and it doesn't mean that the store or the brand is wrong. It's that their human mannequin either looks like you or she doesn't. This is also why it's crazy to get worked up about clothes not being perfect off the rack. 
Clothes are tailored in the design process for a few women with a very specific body shape and measurements, and then proportioned up and down from there. If any of your measurements don't match up perfectly to those proportions, it's not going to be a 100% perfect fit. I'd argue that it's actually pretty crazy that anything off the rack fits perfectly. I'll link to an article on fit models in the show notes, but next time you wonder why clothes from one line seem to be more consistently good for you than clothes from another, that's why. Their fit models look more like you. Let's move over to philosophy. Today, I want to share with you the mission of everyday style and what it means for my business going forward. As a former corporate trainer, I have always been a mission statement junkie, and this actually hangs on my wall where I look at it every single day to guide every decision that I make for my business and for you. Ready? The mission of everyday style is to inspire women to love the way they look and equip them with the tools to do so. That's it. Pretty simple. My goal when you listen to this show or interact in the communities is that you come away with the desire to love the way you look, that you believe you're worth it, and that you matter. My passion is really helping women lead full, rich lives, and my vehicle for that is clothes, because I believe that when we like the way we look, we are unstoppable. When you step out of your house confident and happy and liking the way you look, you hold your head higher. You're a nicer person. You probably yell at your kids less. You're more open to new people and new experiences. That's what I want for you. And while I don't believe that your wardrobe is the end-all, be-all to feeling good about yourself, I do believe it's a darn good start. I also think, and I've shared this before, that there is a powerful mindset shift that happens when you get dressed with intention. So many women are missing out on this every day and robbing themselves of this super simple way to start the day in a better mindset. I want to see more women take advantage of that. But that's just the first part, to inspire you to love the way you look. The second part is that I want to equip you with the tools to do it. A big rah-rah pep talk that every woman is beautiful and you should just create a word of you love is pretty unhelpful if you don't know where to start. I think there is nothing more defeating than to feel like, yeah, gosh darn it, I can do this. I am worth it. I'm going to do it. I'm heading to the store today. And then you go out in the world, you find nothing, you feel unsuccessful, you feel defeated, and then you're like, you know what? It's not worth it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You need to know what to look for and how to shop and why things work and why some things don't. I want to give you those tools to be successful when you decide you're worth it. But here's the thing, and this is the second Linda lesson for the day. The first part of my mission statement has to come first. There is no checklist, no webinar, no Q&A session, and no podcast that's going to help you unless you're ready for it. Linda kept asking for the tools, but she didn't use them because she wasn't ready to invest in herself. She didn't see the value in the tool because she didn't see the value in herself. A couple of years ago, I got a request for a refund from someone who had purchased a capsule guide. She asked for her money back, saying that she had hoped it would help her dress better, but it didn't. She was still wearing her leggings every single day. A couple of back and forth emails later, I learned that she hadn't joined the community, watched any of the videos, or bought any of the pieces. She simply bought a tool hoping it would inspire her. But that is not how it works. This isn't a Disney movie and tools don't have a life of their own. You have to use the tools, but even more than that, you have to want to use the tools. 
So that's my mission, to inspire women to love the way they look and equip them with the tools to do so when they're ready. But what does that mean for my business? I shared with you last episode that my annual capsule subscribers are becoming all access members. Not only will you get a year of done-for-you wardrobe guides, but you're also getting so much more. Capsule guides are a tool, and if they're an awesome one at that, if I do say so myself. But I don't want to give you just one tool. I want to give you the whole toolbox so that when you go to buy jeans, you've got a tool for that, and you don't leave the store deflated in dumpy jeans. When you're trying to decide what to wear for family photos, I want to give you a tool for that so that you love looking at those pictures that hang on the wall. I want to make it so you don't have to read dozens of websites, all with conflicting information to solve your style challenges. The all-access membership is for women who know they're worth it and know that when they like the way they look, life is better. It's also for women who have a gut feeling that if they like the way they look just a little bit more, they might enjoy life just a little bit more, and they're willing to give it a try. I promise you, if you show up wanting the tools, I'm going to give them to you. The all-access membership is also for women who just want to have more fun with style. Maybe you're not stuck in a rut. Maybe you already love your wardrobe. And you just want to connect with other style-minded women and have a great time. We've got plenty of room for women like you too. After all, style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. And that's what the all-access membership and community are meant to do. So I am super excited for this next chapter, and I hope you are too. I would love to have you join us in the all-access community. The Spring Guide and all-access membership and community are coming on March 1st. So if you are listening to this episode on release day, that is just a couple of days from now. Head over to my website at youreverydaystyle.com and check out everything the guides and membership have to offer. But now let's get back to bras. Today we're talking about the kinds of bras that are out there, building a great bra collection, and taking care of it properly. And finally, we're going to answer a few questions that didn't fit in other places. All right, let's kick it off by talking about the kinds of bras that are out there and the ones you may need. I don't want to sound like the shrimp guy from Forrest Gump just listing off types of bras. You got t-shirt bras and sports bras. You got plunge bras. So I'm just going to cover five basic styles and two specialty styles. And then in the show notes, I'm giving you a very helpful link for you to check out lots of other options, like what is a plunge bra and a balconette or a demi cup. The link I'm sharing gives you information on what body types and necklines they work best for, so I really recommend that you check it out. Covering them all would take the whole show and then some, so we're not going to do that. Just head over to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com slash episode 35 and learn so much more about bras. All right, the first style I want to talk about is the bralette or the bralette. It's up to you how you say it. Both ways are correct. This is one that has become really popular in the last couple of years, and in its purest form, a bralette is just a little wispy combination of lace and straps and maybe a little cotton with no lining, no structure, no support, and no underwires. It's just a pretty little thing. They're meant to be seen, and they are really meant for the small, perky breasts out there. Every once in a while, I get the question, can a woman with a bigger bust wear a bralette? And the answer is, of course you can. If you want no coverage, support, structure, underwires, go for it. That's up to you. If you like that look, go for it. 
Now, retailers are catching on to the fact that women above a B cup want the look. So there are bralettes that are meant for bigger breasts and some traditional bras that have borrowed bralette styling, like pretty straps or lace that's meant to be shown. So if this is a look you like, but you're not part of that perky breasts crowd, there are options out there for everyone. They may not give you all the shape you want, but they're worth a try. Bralettes are great for wide neck tops and tanks or low cut shirts where you want to show a little lace or strap as a style choice. Okay, next up is the t-shirt bra. This is a staple of most women's wardrobe. T-shirt bras have molded or seamless cups with a little bit of lining that are meant to be invisible under tops like t-shirts. These are not padded bras. We talked about this in the last episode, but a lot of women avoid t-shirt bras because they're afraid that they're going to add volume to the cup and they don't. What they do is that they don't show lumps or lines the way that lace or seamed cups would and that you can wear them under tighter knits, t-shirts, things like that. This is a pretty basic bra. That's really all I have to say about them. They are invisible. They should be invisible under your knit tops, your t-shirts, your sweaters, things like that. But if you have lumps or pillowing above the top of the cup or um, the cup line showing, that means your bra doesn't fit well and you need to get a different t-shirt bra. Then we have minimizers. Minimizers are for women who wish they had smaller breasts, but don't want to go under the knife. They work in a couple of ways, either by compressing the breast tissue or reshaping the breast so that the projection of your bust is minimized by up to two inches. I know a lot of bigger breasted women go right straight for these. And if that's you, great. However, sometimes they give a less than ideal shape, making your upper half look wider or creating a bit of a uniboob look. I would recommend going for a proper fitting, first of all, and taking pictures during the fitting with a t-shirt on of how you look in different bra styles. You may find that another style that isn't a minimizer gives you a better shape. By the way, taking pictures of each style with you in a t-shirt wearing each style is really good advice for everyone, big or small chested. Pictures are the best way to objectively see the difference. It's hard to remember how that bra four bras ago looked as compared to the one you're wearing now. So take pictures in a fitting room. Next up, we have strapless bras. The name says it all. They have no straps. Women traditionally hate these because they fall down, they're uncomfortable, and they don't offer much support. But the good news is it doesn't have to be that way. The first trick to getting a supportive, comfortable, strapless bra is to get the right size. If you're walking around in a band that's too big, yeah, it's going to fall down and it's not going to be supportive. It needs to hug your torso. Next, look for a wide band with lots of hooks, which will offer even more support and will take some of the pressure off of right underneath your breasts. Look inside the bra for rows of silicone that help the bra grip your skin better and prevent slipping down. Strapless bras may never be the most comfortable things out there, but they don't have to be miserable. I find that women don't wear their strapless bras enough to justify spending a lot on them, so they go cheap and then they get a crappy result, which is not comfortable. It's worth it to spend the extra dollars and get one you won't hate wearing. It'll be worth it, and to maximize your investment, I recommend going for a convertible bra with removable straps instead. That way you can wear it with a variety of tricky tops and necklines and as a strapless style, and you'll get more use out of it. 
Moving on, we have the much-dreaded sports bra category. As a former big boob girl myself, I get that the struggle is real. I was once a part of the two bra club, and if you don't know what the two bra club is, just count yourself lucky. Sports bras come in a variety of support levels, from I'm not actually exercising, I just want to look cute, to I'm going to get a black eye if I don't wear this. And sports bras work in two ways. The first is compression. I think you can figure out what that means, but this is just squishing your boobs down under varying strengths of spandex, pretty much. The second type of sports bra is an encapsulation style, which has two separate cups which surround and support each breast. Some sports bras are a combination of the two, and it's up to you to decide which style works best for you. But here's what you need to know. If you have big breasts, any bra that is flexible enough to go over your head and stretch to fit over your shoulders is too flexible to support the girls. So if you want more support, regardless of your breast size, look for an encapsulation style sports bra with hook and eye closures or a zipper. That will do a much better job of keeping your breasts in place and supported. Also, the wider the straps, the more support you're going to get. This is another category where women don't want to spend a lot of money. I get it, especially when you need the the bigger busted styles of sports bras. They can get really expensive, but those little $16.99 ones that you're going to get at Target, they're not going to give you the support that you need or that you want when you're working out. So don't be afraid to invest in good sports bras. Finally, let's talk racerback bras. These are bras that have a large central strap that comes up the back and then splits off into a Y shape to go over the shoulders. They're meant to wear under racerback tops or dresses without showing your straps, but they're good for a couple of other reasons as well. First, because they close in front, they're great for women with limited mobility. When I had a shoulder injury a couple of years ago, they were all I could manage. Also, they're great support for women with bigger breasts because they give that extra lift from the center of the back, not just underneath or around the torso. Finally, they're great for women with narrow or sloping shoulders. I told you in the last episode that often slipping straps are caused by an ill-fitting bra, and a lot of the time they are, but for some women, all straps are too wide set and racer back or T-back bras can solve that problem. First though, you need to make sure that it's not a fit issue. If you get fit in the right size bras and your straps are still slipping, then you can look at racer back bras as an option. Let's move on to the two specialty bras I wanna talk about very briefly. I wanna make it clear that I'm not an expert in either of these and you are so much better off talking to a bra professional if you need good nursing or mastectomy bras. Talking about nursing bras, a couple things that women always want to know is when and where to get fitted. Traditional wisdom says that you should go for a fitting when you are eight months pregnant because that's the size your breasts will be when you're about six weeks postpartum and your supply has stabilized. I'm willing to bet that I could hear from a million women for whom this is not true. I think a better, more realistic approach is to live in nursing tanks and those super stretchy nursing bras they sell you in the hospital for the first couple of months, then go get fitted for good bras. You don't have to spend your entire nursing life in ugly, stretchy bras, though. There are so many great brands out there making fabulous nursing bras, and the three links that I shared last episode is exactly where I would send you for nursing bras as well. All three of those resources are great for nursing bras, but I would not do that whole eight months, 
pregnant, go for a fitting. I would skip that one. Live in the nursing tanks, live in the stretchy bras. When you're about eight weeks out, that's probably a better realistic size. Now, the other question I get is how long after I stop nursing should I be refit? And again, conventional wisdom says six to eight weeks after you are totally done, your breast should have stabilized in size and that's what you are left with. But what should you do in those weird in-between months when you're slowing down, but you haven't totally stopped nursing? Honestly, I don't have an answer for you. And believe me, I combed the internet for this. This may be one of those challenges that there really isn't a perfect solution for. But if you have an idea or a bra that worked for you in that coming to the end of nursing time, I invite you to share it in the Everyday Style Lounge. And again, I wish that I had a better answer for that, but there just isn't a bra that is good and supportive um, that really is flexible in size that much. All right. The other specialty bra I want to touch on briefly is mastectomy bras. And I'm not talking about post-surgical bras here. I'm talking about after you've healed from surgery and you have clearance from your doctor to wear quote unquote regular bras again. Mastectomy bras have pockets designed to hold weighted breast prosthetics, and I think this is one of those times when a trip to a real professional is in order. I've worked with a few clients who've needed mastectomy bras, and the fitters we went to were absolutely amazing. They even helped fill out insurance paperwork to get the bras covered, and they were able to help my Lindas find a really comfortable fit. Again, they don't have to be ugly or matronly. There are really great options out there. And if ever there was a time to make yourself feel pretty, this would be it. Now, I would send you to some different resources um, than for nursing bras or regular bras. I'll put a few in the show notes for you. But my recommendation would be see if there is a specialty bra store in your area who might be able to help with that. All right, next I want to talk about what bras you need and how to take care of your investment. Like any other item in your wardrobe, what bras you need depends on you and how you live. If you haven't exercised a day in your life and you don't plan to, you don't need three sports bras. Also, if you are blessed in the chest and you don't want to show it off, you probably don't want to invest in push-up bras. So instead of giving you a meaningless checklist, here are the categories that you need to fill. First, everyday bras. For me, they're t-shirt bras, but for you, they could be demi cup or minimizer. It's whatever makes you feel best and that works for your wardrobes most days. You need at least three of these, and I will explain why in a little bit. You probably also need special occasion bras. This could be your convertible or your strapless. Maybe you like the stick-on bras or you need a you know, a low back or a long line bra, whatever you choose, you probably need something you can wear with tricky necklines and straps, etc. How many you need depends on how many special occasions and tricky kinds of clothes you have to deal with. Most women can get away with one or two, but you may need more depending on your lifestyle. Next, you need activity-specific bras, i.e. sports bras. How many and what type depend on what you do. If you are in the gym seven days a week, you're going to need more than the woman who signed up for the gym on January 1st and hasn't made it there yet. Now, if your favorite form of exercise is yoga, you have different needs than a marathon runner. So what I would say is if you never have a clean sports bra or you don't feel supported during your workouts, you need to add more or different ones to your drawer. Finally, you need a bra or two that just makes you feel pretty. 
Women cannot live by t-shirt bras alone. Splurge on something colorful or lacy or fun. And you don't have to save your pretty things just for date night either. Don't be afraid to wear it on an average Tuesday. It will give you just a little secret boost during the day knowing that you got something fabulous underneath. This is also a good choice for a bra you don't mind being seen a little bit. If you're someone who likes the look of a bra strap showing, make it fun instead of a sturdy, wide, beige strap. The one bra you never need, and I mean never, is a white bra. Why are women still buying white bras? Why are companies still making white bras? White bras are not invisible under white or thin shirts. In fact, they're highly visible under white or thin shirts. A better choice is nude to you. And what I mean by nude to you is what is your skin tone? The lighter you are, the lighter your bra can be, but none of us are actually, actually white. You need to find the bra that matches your skin tone best. That is what is going to be invisible under clothing. All right. End of rant about white bras. Okay. So you went and got a great fitting and you have stocked your drawer with the right bras for your lifestyle and you probably spent more money than you wanted. The trick now is to take care of them to make your investment last as long as possible. Do you remember when I said that you needed at least three everyday bras? Here's why. The worst thing you can do for your bra is to wear the same bra two days in a row. Say what? Yes, you should not wear the same bra two days in a row. This is a huge mistake women make. And I always love when I say this during a a talk because women just look horrified and like they had never known this before. Here's why. During the day, your body heats up, it expands, and you perspire a little. So at the end of the day, your bra has stretched out, it's warmed up, it's actually a little damp even if you can't feel it. It needs a a day to rest to regain its original shape, or you'll end up stretching out an already stretched out bra, cutting the life of that bra almost in half. Speaking of which, how long do bras last? Great question. Everyday bras that are taken care of properly and rotated so that they're not worn two days in a row last between a year and 18 months, depending on how many you have. I know there are women listening right now who are horrified by this and are trying to figure out who was president when you bought the bra that you are wearing. And I know this is a shock, but yeah, bras wear out faster than you might think. Last episode, I told you that you should buy your bra when it's on the loosest hook, not the middle and not the tightest, the loosest hook. When you buy it on the loosest hook, it should feel snug, but the fitter should be able to stretch the band away from your body a little bit. If she can pull it far out, it's too big. If she can't pull it out at all, it's too small. Once you've had your bra a little bit, wearing it on the loosest hook, you'll notice that it gets a little bit loose and you can pull the back out farther from your body. It's time to make it go smaller. Just move down inside one hook and so on and so on until you're on the tightest hook. When you're on the tightest hook, if the band can be stretched far out and it's shifting on your torso when you raise your arms, it is time to get a new bra. That's when your bra has quit. It has done all the work that it is going to do. So if you buy a bra that is comfortable on the middle or the tightest hook, you don't have very far to go, and we want to extend the life of your bras. So many women tell me that they are miserable when they get a bra fitting because the fitter must have been wrong and she put them in a bra that is way too tight. Here's a more likely scenario. 
a woman who is really a 34D has been buying bras that were a 36C, so the band was too big to begin with. She wore that 36C for so long that it stretched out and really became like a 38. So when she goes to get a fitting and the fitter puts her in her proper size, a 34D, it feels like a torture device. My advice if this happens to you when you go for a fitting is give it some time and buy a band extender to get you through those first couple of weeks when your bra is breaking in. The gold standard for washing your bras is hand washing. But honestly, come on, ain't nobody got time for that, right? If you live in the real world but still want to take care of your bras, wash them on cold on a delicate setting in a lingerie bag. You don't have to buy one of those bra ball contraption things. Plain mesh laundry bags will do. Delicate detergent or detergent that is actually made for lingerie is best. Do with that what you will. I think the most important thing is to put them on a delicate setting in a lingerie bag. Bras should be washed after three to five wearings. I always say three in the summer, five in the winter, but you do what works for you. You don't have to wash your bras every single time as it will actually wear them out faster. When it comes to drying your bras, any dryer setting is too hot for your bras. I know a lot of you right now are picturing yourself untangling your bras from the jeans and towels that have just come out of the dryer, but no, please don't do that. You are ruining your bras every time you put them in the dryer because the elastic in the band is being burned out. Bras should be laid flat to dry or hung by the center gore over a hanger or even your shower rod. If it is a bra with molded cups, reshape and smooth the cups before drying so your bra doesn't dry with the little kind of wrinkles and lumps in the cup. When you are drying or storing your bras, you should never hang them by one strap. I know I see that a lot. This puts too much weight on that one strap and it'll stretch the bra out. Put them in your drawer, stacking them like they do in stores. If you say that doesn't fit, run them the long way in the drawer. It does fit. It fits in every single drawer I have seen. The other bad habit I want you to quit right now, if you have bras with molded cups, is what's called the flip and fold. This is where you fold the bra in half and you flip one one cup inside the other. Over time, you're going to have cups that are lumpy and weird, and it's going to wear your bras out faster. I think that bra care and how often they need to be replaced is probably the area that surprises women the most. But once you know how important good bras are in your wardrobe and you've invested in good ones, you're going to want to take care of them well. Okay, before I answer questions that didn't get covered elsewhere, I want to talk about how to put on your bra. Long story short, don't be a hooker and a twister. This is when you put your bra on upside down, around your waist, hook it in the front, twist it around, and then pull it up. This is not good for your poor bra. It is stretching it out terribly. And I know what you're going to say. I can't reach around and clasp it. My arms don't go that way. But unless you reverse the process and twist your bra around to take it off, your arms do go that way. If you put your hands behind your back to take your bra off, your arms do go that way. The proper way to put on a bra is to put your arms through the straps, place the bra on your breast, reach around the back, and clasp the band together. But if you think you're done there, you would be wrong. Next, you got to do the scoop and swoop. The scoop and swoop is when you slide your hand into your bra cup, left hand into the right cup, and then right hand into the left, 
underneath your breast and scoop up all the breast tissue. Then you want to swoop it all up towards your shoulder or the outer edge of your neck, not your chin, unless you're trying to create some serious cleavage. What the scoop and swoop does, first of all, make sure that your underwire is sitting below your breast, not on your breast tissue, and that your breast tissue fills out your bra and gives a nice shape. This is the cheapest breast lift you can get, and you might find once you do this that your cup is too small if the scoop and swoop creates spillage or pillowing over your cups. Remember, human women have two breasts, not four. Putting on your bra the right way might take a little bit of getting used to, but give it a shot. Okay, last up, let's answer the questions I got in the Everyday Style Lounge that didn't get answered already. You ready? For those who ask for specific recommendations, I don't know you or your body or your boobs. The best advice is to go get a fitting. Now, the first question I can kind of answer is, what is a girl to do when the girls are a full cup size apart? A lot of women, actually the majority of women, are not perfectly symmetrical. And if there is less than a half cup size difference, you can usually use the strap adjustment technique that we talked about in the last episode to get a custom fit. If it's about a half size, I would look for bras with removable padding inserts underneath and then take one side out. If your cups are a full size or more apart, a mastectomy bra with an insert might be your best option as it'll fill out the whole breast and the insert will stay put. I hope that helps. There were also a couple of ladies who asked about bras when you're basically flat chested. Now, they didn't really say what they wanted to know, but I think a big misconception is that women who don't have big breasts don't need fittings or good bras. Maybe it's not as important, but a good fitter will be able to help you find the right bra that is comfortable and gives you the shape you want. It never hurts to try. One of my clients swore she was a 36A. She'd been a 36A her entire adult life, so she didn't need good bras because she didn't really have any boobs. I bet her the cost of my services that she wasn't. Turns out she was a 32C, and for the first time in her adult life, she had comfortable bras. So even if you're like, I got nothing to work with, go get a fitting and find out. There were also questions about bras that, quote unquote, don't break the bank. I'd like to state for the record that this question, regardless of what you're talking about, if it's bras or vacations or roofing services, cannot be answered by anyone but you because no one knows your definition of affordable or what would break your bank. First of all, bras are absolutely one of those items that you get what you pay for. A $15 bra is not the same as a $50 bra. Bras are actually very technical garments that require more hand construction than other types of clothing. Creating a bra that actually does what it's designed to do, whether it is lift, shape, support, enhance, minimize, whatever, as well as look good and be comfortable, requires a lot of engineering and a lot of work. According to an article in Teen Vogue on this topic, the most inexpensive bras have at least 30 different components, while high-end bras can have over 100. To put that in perspective, Jeans have 15 components, and an expensive men's dress shirt has just 26. So the cheapest bra out there has more pieces and requires more hand construction than a high-end dress shirt. The quality of materials makes a huge difference too. 
Cheaper bras often use cheap plastic underwires that snap. I know that you've had that one happen. They use plastic sliders on the straps and they use low quality hook and eye closures that bend really easily. Also, materials that feel good against your skin cost more as well. The lace on a cheaper bra will be scratchy, whereas higher end lace will feel good. But if you want lace that's constructed to feel good and give support, well, that's going to cost you. Finally, the truth is that bigger bras require even more engineering and better quality materials, as well as more materials, so they do in fact cost more to construct. Typically, lines that offer a bigger variety of sizes don't charge less for the small ones and more for the big ones. They spread that cost across the whole line, so the whole line, the whole brand costs a little more. In addition, some lines like Third Love offer up to 80 sizes. That's 80 patterns to create, to cut, to manufacture, to engineer. That drives up the cost. Stores that have a limited size range will often be cheaper just in part because they don't have as many different sizes to create or manufacture, and they're not pricing based on those sizes that require more work and more materials. In general, though, I think it's time that we stop looking skeptically at higher price bras like they're just trying to rip us off and start looking skeptically at inexpensive bras and wonder how they made it so cheaply. Bras are absolutely worth the investment. Okay, that's it for the questions. But the very last thing I want to talk about before we close the chapter on bras, at least for a while, is what to do with the bras that don't work for you. You probably have a drawer full of bras that don't fit, aren't comfortable, and that you don't want to put on each day, or at least you will after you upgrade. But before you throw away the ones that don't work for you, I want to ask you to give them another life with women who could really use them. There are a bunch of great organizations that give new life to your gently used bras and make sure that women who could really use them are taken care of. Often, if you can contact a local women's shelter and ask if they'll take them, But my favorite resource for this is I Support the Girls that has partners all over the country. You're going to find a link in the show notes for this. I Support the Girls is a wonderful organization, and their mission is to collect and distribute essential items, including bras, underwear, and menstrual hygiene products, and allow women experiencing homelessness, impoverishment, or distress to stand tall with dignity. Again, I've got a link to find a partner in your area on my website, and if you can, consider making it a donation of another essential item with your bras. I know they would appreciate it. The Everyday Style Lounge community did an online product drive for I Support the Girls over the holiday season, and you fabulous ladies sent in almost $1,000 worth of products in just a few days. So thank you for continuing to be wonderful people who make a difference in the world. So I told you you had a little extra credit this week for homework. And if you still need to get a professional fitting, get it done. That's your main homework. Then find an I Support the Girls affiliate or a women's shelter in your area that can do great things with the bras that don't work for you. That is it, everyone. I will see you Monday with Office Hours, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next full episode. I don't know yet what we'll be talking about. I feel a little lost now that bras have been covered. But don't forget to grab your capsule wardrobe guide or even better, join the all access community, which is opening March 1st and get all the tools you need to love the way you look. I'll see you next time. 
class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, The Everyday Style Lounge. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, Style Sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.